Welcome to Play, Learn, Teach. We bring early childhood educators together to ask questions about raising children in these challenging times. This episode has been sponsored by OLA. Our Certificate 3 and Diploma courses teach early childhood through the head, heart and hand. If you want to sing, dance and craft every day, talk to us about careers in early childhood education. Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Play, Learn, Teach podcast. Uh, If you're tuning in via Apple or Spotify, please visit our site, igniteminds.com.au slash podcasts, where you will find additional commentary, links and resources. Please scroll to the bottom and leave your questions. We love to hear your thoughts and we love speaking with you. Today, we're wanting to really respond to some of the questions that we've been asked throughout the week. Or the main theme that has come from these questions is that routine and rhythm, nature, children, wonder and gratitude can be our sanity in early childhood. I just wanted to bring you in, Carol. Can you tell us what's been happening for you this week? Ah, well, firstly, I'm so grateful that there's a little bit of a lift in terms of our ability to be outside and to be together with people. I think we all welcome that so much and have realized uh, when I talk to many educators and people that they really have missed the company of each other and even being able to visit each other in family daycare places and connect with the children and just have the sense of the village. So I think that that is really uppermost in my mind is the absolute joy and the feeling of almost being free in my heart, not so constricted. And with that, um, I dance. I dance for my well-being and health. And I'm going to be dancing today in the park with uh, nine other people because we're limited to 10. And I'm looking so forward to it after about eight weeks of being in a Zoom room and working with technology, peering down a computer um, and, and trying to see people that I love. Um, I'm going to be interacting with nature and with people and with movement. And just in terms of movement, which has to do with rhythm and um, music and, uh, and a kind of heartbeat that keeps you going, I find it one of the most economical ways of shifting what I carry emotionally in my body. Just a wonderful way to shift energy, free up space, and um, be able to cast off the things that weigh me down, connect myself with levity rather than with gravity. So um, that is what I do to keep the way I am. And just to say that as I get older, I am getting fitter. So I'm not going the predicted way of becoming um, elder, an, an elder in the community. So um, dance, with your children, dance in your room, put on music and connect with your heart and your joy and your the, the feeling of having a body that is an instrument and not something that you have to drag around. Um, and I think that people will feel a lot better. I found five minutes of movement like that makes a very big change to the way I am in my body. Yes, so much has shifted this week. We have most of us have seen our JobKeeper payments come in. We've seen some of the social restrictions come off. And certainly there is a great capacity for us to feel 
a bit more optimistic and to uh, express this joy. And like you, I have been dancing in my living room. I've been dancing with my daughter. I've been turning up the music. And now we're venturing outside and we're looking at, at the broader world. Um, I think what you're talking about in terms of freeing your heart is so important as we come to terms with what the next steps are as um, the economy slowly opens up. And as we start going back to work, we can really think about what we're going to take into this, this, new, this new phase of, of the world. Have you had similar experiences in your service, Jake? Yes, absolutely. Um, this week, we ventured out to the park for the first time yeah, in six weeks, perhaps. And uh, there was a real joy uh, and gratitude and wonder. And uh, the park e excursion is, is a key part of our routine and rhythm. And um, it hasn't been there for us for the past six weeks. So in my service, there's a real breathing in and a breathing out that occurs as a natural part of the daily routine and rhythm, which helps to keep uh, myself and the children happy and flowing, keeping the flow throughout the day. And when we couldn't go out, there wasn't the breathing out experience that you can get from an excursion to the park or in, into nature and um, the freedom that, that comes with that. We felt the expanse, there's a beautiful park, you, you see more sky, there's the bigger trees, bigger, a much bigger area to run around and we can yell and scream and run like mad and uh, it was a real joy just to be there, just to soak it in and, and then we played uh, quite a few games which we hadn't been able to play inside, hide and seek which is uh, super fun. We played uh, uh, What's the Time, Mr. Wolf. Good fun game. And then uh, we played another uh, sort of uh, Ring of Rosie type game, which was fun too. And yeah, it was just the, the joy was really obvious and we were there for two hours and uh, in nature and we were really, really opening up so that when we did come back home, we were grateful then to be home. We, were, we wanted that breathing in experience, that inward nurturing experience of home. It wasn't a stale experience. It was um, when we came back into the house, it was, oh, this is nice too. This is ni There's no wind in the house. It was cozy and uh, the temperature was stable. Um, there was all our conveniences of uh, running water and food and uh, a rest time. And uh, that, that breathing out makes the breathing in more enjoyable and more effective. So uh, we go to the park at around 10 and come back for 12. We have lunch, a story, and then there's a rest or a nap time. It's much easier. The children go to sleep much easier and, and stay, to, uh, stay asleep longer and have a better quality of sleep after that big breathing out. And, and that's the same thing, actually, that covers the whole day. So as a sleep consultant, I often talk about this uh, getting quality good night's sleep often depends on your experiences throughout the day. And so, so to go outside, uh, get exposed to sunlight, um, be in nature, uh, breathe the fresh air, move, exercise. And then once you've had a really strong day of uh, movement and breathing outside, then you'll have a much better sleep at night because you'll be totally ready for that inward experience. And so this, that routine and rhythm, uh, the nature and the, the wonder and gratitude, that whole experience uh, maintains my sanity as an early childhood educator and uh, the sanity of the children and flows into the sanity of the parents. And uh, I, think, I think we're starting to feel more sane as a community. What I'm hearing you say, Jake, is 
really interesting because there's a, a, a lack of control that we've all felt. You know, there's a fear and feeling like uh, we're all out on a limb and we're not sure who's coming. And, you know, so as the job seeker pay, job keeper payments have started to flow and, um, you know, we, we get a sense of control, um, what you're saying about rhythm really makes sense because it is about creating a sense of predictability and a routine which people can anticipate, uh, where children can find comfort and, and where educators have got uh, clear markers for um, why we're doing what we're doing now and, and what's coming next. Um, and it, it does really become a crutch and it becomes sort of the backbone of a, of a sane day. You know, the opposite is also true, and I'm sure we've all experienced that in the last month where we've just had cabin fever and the kids have been climbing the walls and they've been asking to do stuff and, and people have feel stuck. This feeling of not being in control is something that we've all experienced in the last month. And whilst it might sound counterintuitive when somebody says, well, you know, routine and rhythm and nature will help you real, realign your children and yourself with gratitude and, and this will bring about your sanity. It, uh, it is so true because when we are really in the heat of cabin fever and the children are climbing the walls and we're feeling stuck, um, you know, to have this capacity where we are now able to take control and we can open our hearts and we can open up to the world and we can take a walk and we can really uh, take time to ponder in the park, um, we are able to, to, to bring our sanity. This feeling of not of no control and not being in control, Carol, I just wonder what you might say about how we can stay present with children. That's a fantastic question. It's kind of one of the key questions of life because we are in a way on a roller coaster in our lives. And uh, yes, the time has been extreme at the moment where the sands are shifting every day. And I must say that I had a wonderful training in South Africa when there was a lot of um, conflict and violence and there was definitely a change happening. Things wouldn't work anymore the way they did. They were stuck for about um, 30 years in a particular way and it was all changing and with it a real feeling of insecurity and instability. And I remember having to really work on this because it was sometimes very frightening and threatening and I think people have really faced that uh, in the situation and are still facing that. Is all stability and everything you could depend on has been kind of taken away and um, our basic sense of survival is, uh, has been threatened and is still to some extent uh, like that. And I just remember having to work this out, what am I doing here? And I had to really ask myself some very key questions and be open to the response inside of me. Why am I doing what I'm doing? I actually used to put myself in danger every day. And a lot of people thought I was mad, insane, irresponsible, all kinds of things. So that was very confronting. Am I? Am I irresponsible? Am I not being a proper mother to my five children? And so on. And so I would ask myself the question, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I a family day educator? Uh, why am I doing this? And um, so I would uh, look at why I'm doing this. Am I doing it for glory, money, uh, fame, 
um, because I have some kind of a self-destructive urge. I'm addicted. What is the reason that I'm doing it? So really, really ask myself honestly, why am I doing it? And every time I asked myself, I would get to the place of why, why I love I love what I'm doing. I love the children. I love the people I'm working with. I learn so much from the experience. It is my learning path. This is the path I chose. I want this. And that would put me in the center of myself again and give me the courage to go on and to be present. And so I think it's really important these things that come towards us are a challenge and a time for re-examining why we're doing what we're doing. And it's actually no good to do something because you feel you should or you have to. That is really being, in a way, a, um, a subservient to the should and the have to, rather than coming from the center of yourself and saying, I'm doing it because I love it. Um, people would say, why are you putting yourself in danger? People won't be grateful. You know, they'll forget about you. Uh, you yeah, you're threatened. And I would say, I'm doing this because I actually love it. And I have so much fun and so much joy. This is what draws me there. But I could only say that after I'd gone through a real self-questioning. And this questioning would happen every day. Sometimes I'd go past uh, a place that really I had a trauma at and I'd have to confront that trauma again and again. So now at this stage in my life, I'm very grateful for the training that I got and gave myself to ask myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Because um, that's a question that comes up every now and then. Am I doing what I should be doing in the sense that it gives my heart joy? It's teaching me what I need to learn. Uh, I want to be in the middle of this place. So it's about really, as you said, Uj, getting back into your heart and saying, this is actually what resonates with my heart. And this is why I'm actually on this earth so I would think of the children's faces and the people that I loved, reconnect myself with them and say, yeah, this is this is where I want to be. I don't want to be anywhere else, whether I'm earning money or I'm not. Um, this is actually where I want to be. And then I've got to just make it work pragmatically. None of us could do what we do if we didn't have a love for it. And I, I totally have been questioning why I love what I do so much and why we do it. And there is, there has been a real risk of burnout, you know, because sometimes when our passions get in the way, we can overthink things and overwork things. And, and there, that takes um, control of our rationality and we can step into a place where we feel like we're expected to perform in a certain way or we can't let people down. And that love for what we do can can become a bit dark and it can become overwhelming. So I'm really interested because I feel like the industry's at a real crossroads this week, you know, um, with um, some of the money starting to flow, you know, people are moving from a phase where they felt like, well, you know, I get paid the same amount regardless of how I work. Is it really... Um, is it really in my interest to be working this hard? So people have kind of been atrophying and closing down and pulling back and pulling in, which I think is a really important thing to do in our lives. But now we have this, we're in this situation where we need to start thinking about the future, you know, uh, things are stabilizing and we can really uh, question uh, why we do what we do. 
and and come to understand how we're going to make it work through this phase because you know it looks like uh, it's only six or seven weeks away where the system might be opening up to get a, a, a sense of back to um, how, how we used to run our businesses. This episode has been sponsored by dragonflytoys.com.au. Play experiences that are beautiful, enchanting, strong and safe, environmentally friendly and fairly traded. So, Jake, can you tell us the sort of burnout that you've been facing? Because I know um, in the coal front, you've got it on multiple fronts. You're kind of carrying a bit of the anxiety of the children. Uh, you've got a lot um, in that interaction with parents. And then you've got all of your own fears around paying your rent and keeping the heaters turned on. So there is this kind of, and then this obligation and this commitment to your business and to your love. Um what are some things that you can do to um, avoid or maybe just lessen uh, burnout? Obviously, we all have to step up and we're all giving out 150% at the moment. Um, but how can we keep energized at this time? I really like uh, Carol's uh, discussion about connecting the heart with purpose. And I do get a lot of purpose from uh, my service to the children. Um, Sometimes uh, during holidays, maybe I have less children in care. Usually I have four preschool-aged children and uh, three children of my own who are with my partner. Um, and when there's one less child, maybe they're on holiday, I feel like a, a little less purpose, less purposeful, even just one child less. So I quite like to have uh, the children in care and um, it really provides me with that sense of purpose and, and connects me to the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, so it's been important to me to, to stay busy at this time and not and not hibernate as it were and this time has been a real test of uh, like a, a spiritual practice or the practice that I've developed to maintain uh, sanity and presence uh, in this in this business of uh, working with children um, when I first started I just come out of a a retraining. I, I had uh, studied yoga studies and uh, did meditation practices and then uh, retrained in Steiner teaching. Uh, when I was uh, at the ashram, there was a sense of this is too easy, you know, you're sitting, meditating in a nice hall with no sound except nature. It's, uh, it's a little bit too easy. You need to add a few challenges in, you know, to create that sense of purpose. Why am I uh, practicing presence? And uh, that's where children are wonderful because they, they come in and they challenge, challenge every moment of, uh, of your presence. And that practice gets really tested out. The practice of equanimity, uh, not reacting to uh, situations, but processing it in a peaceful and calm way and responding with clarity and um, consciousness. That happens constantly when you add children to the mix and maintaining that presence is uh, is a challenge normally with children because all kinds of things can happen and I, I, I always stick with my routine and rhythm to keep keep me sane as we move through the day together um, but especially now with these added pressures and restrictions that keep on you know, every week it felt like there was another restriction which was challenging uh, this practice of presence that we'd established. And we had to adjust and modify and really test out how this practice uh, is working. So for me, um, 
maintaining that nightly routine of, uh, of breathing and meditating to dissipate any of the tensions and anxieties of the day is really important so that I wake up the next morning fresh for the challenges that come ahead. And I'm quite proud to say that it, it, it's really worked and it's a good test. So the nights that I've been too tired to meditate or do my uh, breathing or, or movement, then I've woken up retaining the same anxieties of the day before and it just accumulates and uh, whereas the days that I've uh, you know stuck with my practice and uh, breathe through the uh, stress to breathe them out and um, prepared myself mentally for the next day I've come the next day with a fresh mind a fresh presence to face the the new challenges that arise uh, this was tested out recently uh, my little boy he's 19 months old I, yeah, I was getting him changed, put, putting his pants on, and he accidentally punched me in the eye. And, <laughs> and he's got a little fist, and it landed right in my eye socket. And there was suddenly, you know, pain swept over, and I could feel a little bit of anger building, you know, inside. Like, why did you do that? And I felt it, and the point is, I felt it as it arose, and I was able to breathe it out straight away. And that to me is uh, success. So I didn't react in anger or or um, or pain or, or anything. I I felt the pain. I felt the anger, and I breathed it out straight away, so that I could move on. Because it, yeah, he was just he, as he stood up, he popped me in the eye with his little fist and I had this feeling and I was able to dissipate it immediately and this practice you can apply to any challenge so if a parent was to say something uh, which challenges you or if you read something on the news which uh, is upsetting or challenging you can you can breathe through it refine your presence and then uh, react to it in a more conscious way and that's yeah this practice has really been put to the test uh, these last eight weeks and I'm proud to say that I've uh, come out with most of my sanity intact. <laughs> <laughs> it's so so lovely because I think that the breathing techniques that you use are just so wonderful and accessible. They're right there with you and just to be able to give a, a breath out to dissipate the energy of whatever is rising up in you is just fantastic. And I think you, you know, what you're also saying is that the more you practice, the more you can just do it when you need to. So it actually takes practice. I think um, the, the things that uh, really also assist, but you need just a little bit of time. So we spoke about dancing, um, uh, work, walking in nature, going for a little five minute walk by yourself is just so healing, so therapeutic. Um, but you have to be looking out at nature and really feeling it, not mulling over all the problems that you're busy with. You actually do need to step out of yourself and look around you with wonder at how amazing nature is. Just keeps carrying on, keeps proliferating, keeps creating, is part of a big rhythm. And then the other things are any art craft, music that you can get into is enormously beneficial for your heart forces and your breathing. You find your breathing slows down and just having a moment during the day where you might be doing something with your hands and being very present in that moment. Um, children also love it when they're busy playing and you're actually, you're aware of them, but you're getting involved in some little craft. Maybe you're preparing something for them or even 
making food or preparing something to get fully involved in that moment, knowing that it's going to give you some benefit in terms of how you're breathing and how you're feeling and bring you into the present. So I think wherever you feel that you're not running on a, on a time machine, so time stands still, even for a moment, that is a, a, a time of respite. It's your island of safety and regeneration. Both of you have, have spoken a lot about this idea of being present and how we can use this world to keep us present. So being in nature and as Carol says, looking out and allowing nature to penetrate us, opening our, our eyes and our ears and our hearts so that we really feel tranquil. We can um, observe and be part of, of the world around us. There's nothing more important than going for a walk and spending a few minutes on your own, just being there. But building that into your daily routine, because what I'm also hearing is that these things help provide sanity. Uh, they don't necessarily um, provide a pathway out or a plan, but they help us have the presence of mind and the presence of body to be here in the moment and to, to keep doing the things that we love and to keep making good decisions. I just wanted to ask you, Jake, you know, as we look at the next sort of six weeks, you know, you're, you're obviously telling us that uh, routine and rhythm and nature are really powerful tools for you and that they help you uh, maintain your focus and your sense of purpose that you talked about. Now, these are going to be obviously pull you through and they can pull you through really uh, wonderful times and dark times and challenging times. As we start to move through the next um, six weeks, we're going to see our businesses open up. We're going to see uh, enrollment numbers increase. We're going to see our capacity um, have to step up. What are some of the challenges that you feel that you can plan for in terms of how you might go about opening up your business and facing facing this this world? As things start to open up, and it's a real wonderful, I find it's a real wonderful opportunity for a fresh start. <laughs> so letting go of what was holding us back and having a big detox, you could consider this period like a big detox, which is a challenge and emotional. And then you come out of it with this sense of clarity, uh, perhaps uh, regarding your purpose in life or your practice with the children and you can really uh, re-establish some positive uh, practices and boundaries is what I'm getting to uh, around your service to uh, come out stronger. So this is where I really uh, value and have got a lot out of the respectful uh, approach um, to parenting and to uh, early childhood. So this practice is about having respect for yourself as an educator and respect for the children and respect for the parents. And it works imitating way. So when we respect the children, they'll show respect back. It's, it's, they learn from us how respect works. Same thing with the parents. When we respect the parents, the parents will imitate us and respect us back. It's something you have to build up when we, as we open up, if something wasn't right for you before. Perhaps you didn't like that a parent was picking up their child late by, you know, half an hour each day, uh, turning up at six o'clock and then chatting t for half an hour. Now's the time to set up the boundary to say, no, we're not going to do that. We pick up time is six o'clock. I expect you to be here at, you know, five to six so that um, 
we close at six so I can then have that time to uh, get ready for the next day. It's about establishing these boundaries that um, if drop-off time is eight then and the child's not there, then it'd be good to get a message from the parent to say when the child will be there so that you can prepare for the day uh, mentally. Little things like that, say putting these boundaries in place which will uh, respect your practice and your position as an educator and, um, and create this uh, respectful uh, relationship with the children and the parents and this way the industry and the government will then value us more once we establish this respectful uh, partnership. Yes, this idea of respect is so important and it's, I think, something that educators struggle with the most because educators are naturally very giving people. They're very altruistic and they care so deeply for their children that they can often find themselves in slightly abusive relationships with parents where, you know, parents are you know, putting the thumbscrews on about money or about time or, you know, can you just drop them off at home just this once or every every Tuesday, you know, so they're always creating just little extra demands. And from a parent's perspective, they might feel like, oh, it's only a small extra request. It should be okay. But um, all these small little requests, they, they do build it up find themselves uh, pulled in every direction when they're trying to please everybody. So I do really like this this analogy you have of, you know, as hard as it has been over the last three months, we have been forced to really do a detox and to really uh, put in our front and centre in our minds what is important to us and, and who are we and how do we um, really protect our core business and our core selves, you know, um, whether that's to be um, respectful or gracious or loving, you know, all these things need to be protected because um, we we have been compromised and we will continue to be compromised. So I think what you're saying is so important that as we start thinking about opening our business up and letting people in over the next um, little while as, as, as we build towards um, business as normal, uh, really to be come through this detox of this, this clarity of who I am and who I want to be and and how I'm going to maintain this in a respectful way uh, with the people and stakeholders that I work with. This episode has been sponsored by Ignite Minds. We teach play-based learning from within our nourishing homes under the family daycare umbrella. Inspired educators join our team. This podcast was produced by The Jones Collective, thejonescollective.com.au. Chat to us today about your podcast.